I'm always excited about all the series that God uh, has. But this this one's been staring at me for a little bit, so I've been you know uh, uh, excited about God you know getting getting this out. Amen. So again, so it's in the end, a chronological journey concluding with God personally living with us. Again, in the end, chronological journey of until God personally um, not personally living with us. And we can reference our, our foundation scripture, Revelation 21, 1 through 3. Again, Revelation 21, 1 through 3, Amplified Version. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, vanished. And there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will live among them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Wow, that's going to be, wow, that's, wow, praise God, that's awesome. Amen. Everybody say, that's awesome, praise God. That's huge, that's huge. So, so we see, if, uh, that's going to be a result, but what we're going to do is we want to see where, how we now get to that point. Because we understand right now, God's not physically living with us right now. We know spiritually he is. So, what God wants to do is take us through a journey So, what happens until we get to that point. Amen. So God's objective for this series is to get this to a place where we gain an understanding about biblical concepts, excuse me, about biblical concepts and the general order of events. Again, get us to a place where God wants us to understand, get an understanding about biblical concepts and the general order of things. Right? Very, very important. Alright, we see that God has a, uh, what will be a, an end result. So what's going to happen between now and then? Amen. What, what happens to that point where until God is personally living with us? Amen. So, praise God. So, one of the things that's that's open in the, in this series, there are uh, concepts and principles that you may have already known. If that's the case, praise God. If faith comes by hearing, so you you we already said this before. You know, the only reason. Uh, Terrence knows his name because his parents kept saying it. <laughs> he kept saying it when he was small crawling around. That, well, he was locked in. He knew his name was Terrence. All right? So faith comes by hearing. So that's one part. You've already known some of these things. But the other part of it is there may be some things that you will learn that are different than what you may have known. So one thing that's important as we learn from the Prentice series about maturity is that we have to allow, we have a role to play in the maturity process. God wants us, as we saw in the latter series, he, he doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to grow and develop. So he wants us to take both our revelation and the knowledge that we have that he's given us and then take it up. So from that point, standpoint, if we're here and obviously God's here, his desire is for us to continue to, to grow and develop. Yeah. Well, that means he's going to be giving us things that we that are beyond what we knew here could take us a little higher. Amen. So we have to be, we have to one, be open to that and choose to receive that. Mm -hmm. So you, you're going to hear some things that you may not have heard before. And like, just like the word, we always say in this local assembly, 
we want you to be like the, our desire is that you be like the Berean church, that you go back and say the word to make sure what you heard was true. Not just because, you know, this Carl, as, my, as my wife says, this, this, this Carl, this Carl Brown <laughs> brother says, so, no, not just because of this earthly shell says, no, no, you go back and say the word. Why? Because this is what you, all of us, have to go back and apply and do. So don't just don't ever do it. Don't ever, don't ever give anybody a pass. Me, the person on the podcast, no, you go back and study to make sure what, what you heard through them was accurate. Amen? That being the case, there's going to be some opportunities that you may hear some things that may be different than what you have known. But God is saying, just be open because he's trying to help us grow and develop. Amen? He doesn't want to say the same. So again, so be open. You have to choose to allow God to help us grow and change our minds in some of the areas to help us grow and walk in our thinking. You can reference Romans 12, 1 through 2. The King James Version says, I beseech you, Paul talking to the church of Rome, says, I beseech you, therefore, brother, um, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, here's the part, by the renewing, that's the I-N-G, that means ongoing, by the renewing of your mind, hallelujah. Uh, that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm -hmm. So we understand it's God's desire that after we get saved, we understood this before, our minds didn't change after that salvation. We, our soul did nothing happen with our soul. So his desire is we got renewed spirit, but our soul and body didn't change. So from that perspective, we have to continue to renew our minds to learn more and more about the way God sets them in. Because we just, when we got saved, now we're entering into, into something that we didn't know before. So God, now God is saying, well, let me now teach you about the way things are going on up in heaven. So I want you to actually implement these things in the earth. To do that, you have to learn and grow. Amen? So to do that, we got to renew our minds. So what does that mean? So we can't, we can't just throw the little finger up anymore because somebody got mad at us. That's what we did before. But you know, now, we, now our mind has to be renewed. To now, how now do you respond instead of react to that person that may have legitimately done something to you? All right, all right, praise God. All right. Why? Because our desire is more and more like Christ. Can y'all see Christ on the middle finger? I think not. Yeah. All right, now, so in this series, uh, God will handle such questions as, as a couple of these. Uh, why did God make mankind? Yeah, because God is God. He can't do nothing. But why, why did God make mankind? Other question, does God have anything to do with death of people? Does he? Does God have anything to do with the death of people? Do we have a role in when slash if we die or sleep? Do we have a role in that? The last slide. Got to be open to renewing our minds. What does the word? When we learn in other series, we always ask ourselves, "What does the word say?" Yeah. When we learned the series before, the principles and process. What does the word say? Not what, not what so and so down the street says. Not what you may have experienced in terms of a whole bunch of areas in life. What does the word say? When will the rapture occur? And we'll talk about that. If you know, don't actually know what the rapture is. We'll talk about that too. Hey, when will the devil get destroyed? <laughs> That's going to be nice. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. Another question he's going to deal with is, 
Will heaven be the final place for Christians? Will heaven be the final place for Christians? Because oftentimes, with true sincerity, a lot of times in the body of Christ, it's talked about and discussed as if heaven is the goal. So we, God wants to answer that question, is that the final place though? Spiritual inquiry minds want to know. All right, let's go to one of your first questions. Why did God make mankind? Again, he wants God wants to lay some foundations. Again, remember the foundation of scripture, but before we get to that point, God wants to lay some foundation or some things. We're gonna in this series we're gonna kinda imagine yourself, just look at yourself on a chronological journey timeline. We want to start first at the at the base of the timeline. Alright, so let's look at Genesis 1 and 26, Amplified Class version. God said, Let us, whose Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, which is a praise God moment, because God said he wants to make us in his image. Amen. Amen. After our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Excuse me, the tame beast and over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. Mm -hmm. All right, wow. So we see one of the reasons that God made mankind. We see that he, he wants us in his image, which is huge and awesome, and he blesses us with some authority. So that's a good thing. That's that's one of the things that he blesses us with is to make him make us as mankind in his image and to give us authority over the uh -oh, uh -oh. all the earth. That doesn't say everything except for my supervisor when I'm trying to do <laughs> a on. new position. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't say except for things that creep upon them or sickness. So we're taking it back to why God made mankind. That's one of the things he blessed us with, so now let's go right directly to it. We had some other scriptures before, we'll just go right here. Isaiah, one, one of the scriptures is Isaiah 43 and 7, Amplified Version. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. So we see, and we had the other precepts last week, so we see the core reason as to why God made, made mankind simply was for his glory. Period. And in doing that, he blessed us with authority he's given us, and, and in doing that, he made us in his image. But the sole purpose is to give God glory. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's not for me to, you know, go and do all the stuff I want to do and just try to map. We are created for God's glory. And if we, as mankind, understand that, then that prayer please should help guide us in the things that we do. Because we got to ask, well, this, that I'm about to do glorify God. When I say I, I'm, I'm talking about I, <laughs> pulpit, back door, sidewalls, everybody. Will this glorify God? Because that's the reason he created us. 
Now, he blessed us with a free will. People can do what they want. But his desire is that we want to glorify him. So let that be a core for us to say, okay, let us get back to why God created you. All right? Again, right now we just want to review. All right? Let's also look at this. So we understand in the beginning, God created us in an image. He created for the purpose of glorifying him. All right? Now let's move a little further up. A little further up that thing about that visual chronology, that little timeline. Let's move a little further up the timeline. Now, Genesis 2, 15 through 6, I'm sorry, 15 through 17. Should we go to Genesis 3? 6 through 7, and we're going to go down to uh, 17 through 19, all in New Living Translation. Okay? Now, the Lord God placed, and again, we move it up, we understand God created us in His image, He gave us to glorify Him, and then we're going to move a little further up. Now He's going to apply that by doing this. He said, The Lord God placed the man, because um, God had created Adam, um, in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may eat freely. I'm sorry, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now, if you read the scriptures, you see that God, that, well, we'll, we'll get to it. But that, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. So the die there that God was referring to, Let's, let me go back here. So Adam, the man he was referring to was Adam. All right? So in Hebrew, uh, that means um, mankind. So yes, he was the physical specimen, all right? but in him we were all in Adam specifically. Adam means mankind. So whatever Adam did, mankind did. Does that make sense? And so from that perspective, we have to understand so Adam's actions good or challenging, impacted mankind because he was mankind. We were in him and vice versa. Now, that being the case, God's desire, as you see, was for Adam to obey him. He set up a system for Adam to obey. He said, you can eat all these other, all, eat all this stuff, all this. Just don't eat that thing over there. Eat from that thing over there. Okay? Alright? Now, that being the case, when he said sure to die, since Adam represented mankind, the die meant both a spiritual death, and we'll talk about that a little later in the series, as well as the opportunity for mankind, because mankind was in Adam, to experience a physical death. You know what I mean? So it had a twofold piece, both a spiritual death, but then also a death for mankind that mankind could experience. Okay. All right, now, let's go on. Verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, uh, 6 through 7. We'll look a little further down. And again, in between, you see, um, you may know the story, again, that uh, the, the serpent, which was the enemy, was messing with Eve. Now, let me go back. As we see, Adam, God told this to the man. You, man, he's talking to the man. All right, he wasn't talking to the woman. All right, so... That being the case, the enemy, the serpent, knew that God was talking to the man, so he wanted to get the woman to try and talk to her to make sure, um, because he, he knew the potential influence a woman may have, you know, with, with a man, that being the case, and we have over each other. But there's a reason why he tried to not go directly at Adam, because Adam was fresh off of getting that direction from God. 
feet. So Amy was like, all right, well, let me go the other way. So in this case, he's trying to talk to the woman. He being a servant, trying to talk to the woman. Now, let's pick it up here. The woman was convinced in what the, in what the servant was saying. Uh, so she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit was uh, looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Now, as God said last week, she allowed the thoughts that the enemy threw into her mind because they already had all the wisdom. They had direct revelation from God. Like, you don't get any less than that. So, he kind of presented to her as if she was missing something. But she already had. Alright? Alright. So, she took some of the fruit and ate it. So, she took some of the fruit and ate it. Nothing happened there. Because God spoke to the man, and what did man represent? He represented what? Mankind. So when she bit it, from that perspective, nothing happened. Then she gave some of the some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Now, at that moment, yeah. not at the moment that she ate, right. but at that moment, when he, don't Adam, at that moment, then their eyes were opened. And they were suddenly, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. The prior, the prior scriptures talked about the fact that they were naked and unashamed. Right. All right. So, so now, once he bit it, they felt ashamed. And notice now, even though he bit it, because he represented mankind, their eyes were open. Yeah. Meaning that was all of mankind's eyes were open. Now. Very, very important. Um, right, let's, let's go to this. Now, one of the same chapter, 17 through 19. Now, prior to this part, again, in between scriptures, once, y'all know about, the, you may know about the fig leaves, God spoke to them, yeah, talked about what they've done, uh, then God deals with the serpent. Um, the serpents, serpents, as we know right now, they crawl on the belly. Well, that's part of, that's part of their correction from God, um, because prior to that, they weren't on the belly. Come on so that being the case, they were somewhere upright. Right. Um, so that one of the corrections that they got as a result of being involved in this was God doomed them to always crawl around on their belly. It's about snakes or serpents, okay? Then he dealt with the woman. Y'all know the child Okay. <laughs> he dealt with the woman. All right. Now he's dealing with that man. Now he's about to deal with the man. Like, oh, ain't nobody escaping. Okay. Now he's dealing with the man. And to the man he said, since you listen to your wife, now ladies don't take that don't ladies don't take it the wrong way because men we're supposed to communicate, women we're supposed to communicate. Don't don't take it that way. But what God is saying is He wasn't against wives or women. Don't hear that. No no no. He's saying since if it was a tree, if it was a tree saying it and it convinced him. He's saying, since you listen to someone else other than the Russians that I did. Right. So women don't take that the wrong way. Alright? We supposed to engage and receive, alright? He said, but since you but since she happened to be the vessel that he heard from, so since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat, check this out, the ground is cursed. Yeah, because Adam was already representing mankind. So see. Well, let me finish this out. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life, 
will, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. This is all mankind. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat its grains, by the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground. Until you return to the ground from which you were made. God didn't make that statement before. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. God told him, there's some drama if you eat this fruit. You will surely die. So that, that spiritual separation um, happened in terms of that death, and then there's the opportunity now for a natural death of mankind. Because, and we'll get into this a little bit later, it was never God's design for mankind to die. Before Adam ate the fruit, it was all about life, life eternal, him just having direct fellowship. God gave a general summary of once that fruit was bit, all of the things that now, now entered into the earth system. Including the fact that this whole physical structure, earth, is decaying. Adam's actions impacted not only mankind, but the, the atmosphere everywhere else that mankind dwells, which is this physical earth. So, that being the case, let's be real clear. God didn't send the curse on mankind. His desire was for mankind to obey. When Adam chose not to do that, not God, Adam's actions allowed the curse, this negativity, everything that's negative, into the earth system. You got me? So, that being the case, we got to understand that. And God just gave us uh, a general summary of some of the things that are now happening. We understand other scriptures talking about, you know, we're born into sin, shaped in iniquity. That wasn't the case when he formed, first formed Adam. So, we understand all negative things that you can think of other than people choosing to do things unintentionally or unintentionally to themselves. The core of it is from the actions that Adam did. So from A's to, to hurricanes to typhoons all came as a result of the curse that was allowed into this earth that didn't deserve it. So we have to understand that. So God's not behind bad things. We'll get into this more later on in the series. It was the curse that was led in. Right. So, what did God give man? He gave man dominion over the earth. Yeah. So, what man allowed, man got to eat. God gave man dominion over and authority over this entire earth. God set up a system that the only way a person can operate on this earth is if they have a physical shell. That being the case, he gave that dominion and authority to mankind. So he's like, 
but I'm going to give you a warning. Just make sure you don't eat this. But once man did, and they, even though they already had authority over everything on the earth, so what man does, man does. What man allows, man allows. It's not God. But I mean, we'll get a little bit further into this in the series. But we have to understand that. Alright? Now, there's a proof text with regard to the fact that the whole earth, the whole physical structure of the earth was impacted. Romans 8, 20b uh, through 22, New Living Translation. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day. Now this is talking about the whole creation, everything else outside of mankind, the whole physical structure of the earth, everything that God created, everything else. Um, look forward to the day when it will join God's children. That's why you notice not talking about this part of creation, even referring to God's children. Because God's children here, is, the whole creation is going to join God's children. So you've got to be talking about two different things. He's talking about this whole physical structure, this whole earth, everything he created. But with the ear of hope, the creation, not mankind, but we know mankind does too, but he's trying to make the point here. Creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from what? From death and decay. That's creation. That's its whole world structure. For we know that all creation has been groaning. Since when? Since when Adam did the fruit. Been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Earthquakes are not by accident. It's as a result of the fall of man. We got, see, we got to place blame right where it goes. Yeah. And not put it on God, but we'll get into that. Alright. So we're moving up to, is it at the end of the chapter. I said end of the chapter. Isn't that what you call that? Alright. Romans 5 and 19. I forgot more science people. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hey, 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 oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Romans 5 and 19. Now, so we understand, we move the chronology, you know, God created mankind in his image, alright? Then you move him further up, then he says, alright, let me give him authority, give him dominion over everything. Then he said, alright, let me apply that. So he applied that by creating mankind. He created Adam, and then he created Eve, alright? Now moving further up, Adam messed up. You can leave that right there, alright? Allow everything in, everything curse-wise, everything as, as negative in, alright? And all in. And let me pause right there. I just, God even said last week, hey, just, even things that seem like they're, even things that are kind of positive all came with that fall as well, like education. Education is positive. But it came with the fall. Because before that, Adam had direct revelation from God. So Adam didn't need to know how to till the ground because it already produced what it needed to produce. God gave him direct revelation about what needed to be done. All he had to do was just do it. Yeah. Now I'm not, I, hey, I'm blessed to have a master's degree, so I'm not against education. But what I am saying is, we got to understand, don't ever put education above God. That's right. I love, I, I'm, I'm for education, because down here, because, because this world system is messed up, we now need to have education to operate in this world system. But before that, we didn't have to. We had direct revelation from God. We had nothing blocking our interaction from God. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Now, 
We got we, we focus on whether bills are paid or whether they're going to stop the traffic light, all the kind of stuff. That's why when we, we in the series about hearing from God, you got to clear your mind so that you're hearing directly from God. So just imagine when you didn't have any of that to focus on. You know, you know, and, and, I'm about to go down the road with the with spouses and kids. Don't, you didn't have any of that stuff on your mind. All you were just hearing clearly yeah. from God. Unfortunately, we came with the fall. So now, so we move it further up. So Adam, Adam messed up. We move up the chronology. But God says, in His love, glory to God. He's going to give mankind a chance. Come on. So He's going to send His Son to get us yeah. back to glory to God, to Father. Glory yeah. to God, back to He's going to give us the same authority that we had prior to the fall. Yeah. <clears throat> Romans 5 and 19, New King James Version. For as by one man's disobedience, just referring to Adam, many were made sinners who were born now into sin. This is a simple world. So also, by one man's obedience, talking about Jesus, many will be made righteous. So we can see God is foreknowing. Even though that wasn't his desire for Adam to bite the fruit, to bite the fruit God has a plan to, to get us back. It ain't going to throw God off. Why? Because what was his original plan? Was for mankind to glorify him. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to let that action stop his overall plan. So God says, all right, let me intervene. Let me send, let me, let me give them an opportunity for them to choose to get back to be made righteous. Not that we can do anything ourselves to be righteous. Jesus makes us righteous. Amen? Righteous means right standing with God. So he sent his son to get us right back to the same authority and power that we had prior to Adam's fall. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a loving God. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Now, the way to do that, again, we move up the further line. So even though God sent his son to make us righteous, to bring us back to what it was before the fall in terms of authority, Remember, God said earlier, he gave man free will. Yeah. So we have to choose to accept his redemption plan. Because yeah. just like he didn't force Adam to bite the fruit or force him to obey, he's not going to force us to receive Jesus. Right. Because again, what did he say? He gave man dominion over this earth. Yeah. For man to do what man wants to do. His desire is that man glorifies him yeah. and does the things he wants to do. But he's not going to override our will. Because that's the system he created. Because he wants our will, which means what we want, to desire him. Amen. So just like he didn't force Adam to bite the fruit, he also didn't force Adam to obey, he's not going to force people to receive Jesus. He's going to present the opportunity. He's going to tell you all the benefits. He's going to say all the, all the blessings that can come with it, all the protection and everything else. Word still says... He gives us forth life and death. That's true. Yeah. Then he says what? Choose. Right. Not I'm going to force you. You choose. It's an opportunity for mankind to do. Yeah. So now we move further up to the chronology. So here's the process of choosing that redemption plan, which is through his son, Jesus Christ. You can reference Romans 10, 9 through 10, Amplified Classic. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart, believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Now, prior to this, what happens is the Holy Spirit's involvement, we learned this before in another series, the Holy Spirit's involvement, his main involvement with those who haven't yet chosen to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior is to draw them, is to entice them to receive Jesus. So they get to the point where in their heart, they get to a point, when I say they from all of us when we did it, get to a point where we said, we need a change. We, we need something different. We got to change. And so now the heart is in a repenting mode, meaning they have a change of heart and mind towards sin. When they have that change, that repenting heart going on, then if they do this, if they confess that Jesus is their Lord, yeah. and they believe that God raised them from the dead, they're saved. Yeah. That's it. Then they've got to do it in a sincere way, yeah. but that's it. All right? It says, for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies in Christ, <clears throat> and is so justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Alright, so praise God. So we see that even though Adam messed up, and further up the plan, God sent his son. If people choose, now we have the same authority, same power, that through Jesus, glory to God, that Adam had prior to the fall. Amen? But the only difference is... We in a we in an environment now that's a sinful world, so now we got to operate using Jesus' power, same power that Adam had, Jesus' power, down here on this sinful earth. So now this is this is this is our task now. So God didn't leave us down here alone. He's all right. I gave you a plan. You choose to receive him. All right. You, you get all that comes with Jesus. Now you got to operate in it in this world. Now. What we will see is, just like God had a plan for his people, he got a plan for this whole getting rid of this sin thing, too. But right now, we're just on this part of the timeline. We ain't at the end yet. We're on this part of the timeline. All right? All right, praise God. Now, so that's that, that being the case. So we receive Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We see, uh, this is all the still review. Uh, saved people are the, we are to be ambassadors. We reference 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. Ambassadors of God's system. So, see, God has a way of doing things up in heaven. And his desire is that the same way things are done up in heaven is how they should be done on earth. But now he needs people. Because God set up the system. Now God sorry, he can do whatever he wants to do. But he set up the system and said the only way anyone can operate on this earth is to have a shell. So that being the case, he needs to do it through these earth suits, these shells, to advance his kingdom. To explain and advocate for the system that's in heaven to do it down here on earth. That's the kingdom of God. God's system, method, and way of doing things. And so we are to be ambassadors. We understand that an ambassador is one who's from one place, goes to another place, but now she or he advocates for the place from which they come. Even though they weren't in a foreign land. So you can think about like foreign ambassadors or diplomats. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they, they, you know, let's say, they, um, let's say they're on American soil and they may be, you know, wherever they're located, let's say in D.C., but they are representing the country from which they come. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they may get a cheesesteak or something like that. <laughs> but for the most part, they're operating and yeah. advocating for the country which they come, even though they're not in a place where they are from. We are from heaven. Amen. We are God's representatives down here. Especially when you choose to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, that means we are to advance His plan. So we are to be ambassadors of his plan. Amen. You can reference uh, Luke 17 and 20 and 21 and Luke 9 through 2. All, again, all for God's glory. Now, let's look at, let's look at let's look so far on a chronological line. 
So we have this rod created of mankind, that's in the beginning, alright? And we move a little further up, then Adam represented mankind, disobeyed, he triggered the release of the curse and all negative things into the earth, alright? Alright, so we just move up the timeline, alright? Then, um, God sends Jesus to redeem us, give us an opportunity, say, alright, let's, let's get you back, alright? But then, people have to choose, then Christians choose the little life, glorifying God and advancing the kingdom. So this is where we are so far on this chronological journey of the timeline. Alright? Now, let's go a little further. Let's answer this. Let's God answer this question. Praise God. Thank you, Father. What happens when, parentheses, if, we die or sleep? What happens? What happens when we die or if we die, i.e. sleep? We've got to talk about that. So, some of you remember in one of the prior series, uh, we understand in 1 Thessalonians 5 to 23 that we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. The spirit part of us is a part of us that's closer to God. This, we are spirits. The real us is a spirit. We have to understand that. Um, our soul is the mind, will, the mind, will, and emotions. Imagination and intellect. Let's just say mind, will, and emotions. Okay? And our body is our physical senses, like these earth suits, these tents. So the real Jamie, as beautiful as she is, well, she is beautiful. <laughs> as beautiful as she is, her outer beauty is her earth suit. That's not the real Jamie. Yeah. The real Jamie is inside. These are just temporary earth suits. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand. So when we get that understanding, that helps us. Now, Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. You can get in person. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, because that, that tells you right there, there's got to be some distinction because who's home in the body? There's got to be somebody. It says that we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body. That's got to be an indicator that that's not the real us. The body can't be the real us. Because I just see somebody saying, we, I see body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, spiritually, we, Jesus is in us. It's not talking, this context of this scripture is not referring to our spiritual walk with the Lord. You know, the Lord is in us if we receive Jesus. This is strictly talking about the actual physical attributes that while we're in these earth suits, we are not physically with Jesus right now. That's what's making it that kind of plain. Alright? When we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body. So somebody, something's got to be absent from the body. It's our spirit and soul. And to be present with the Lord. So, when we transition, and I know a lot of us have gone to the celebration of life, i.e. funeral services, and we see the casket, and sometimes even with the uh, uh, cremation. What's laying in front of us is the earth suit. This is not to minimize that. It, we have loved ones. We have, we, there's, there is that soul part of us. That emotions, 
We have a right to cry and be, uh, you know, be sad because we're not physically going to see that person walking around. That's the earth suit. If that person chose to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, their spirit and soul is currently present with the Lord. So, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we have to understand when that transition is about what happens when we die, for lack of better words, our spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord, and then the earth suit stays in a temporary state. Now, so we have to understand that. Why? Because the real us is a spirit. So what happens is, when that person, at that moment of transition, people will close their eyes physically and then spiritually continue to be with the Lord. But they're closing their eyes physically, the body, the earth suit, the shell, temporarily. God's going to get to it, but temporary. Alright? Let's get to it. Now, for Christians, you see here, spirit and soul, it goes to be with the Lord, the body, the earth tent, goes to sleep. Not spirit nor soul uh, does not die. Wait a minute, that's heresy. Didn't he just say Christians don't die? Let's think of what the word calls. The body goes to sleep. The body does not die. You know, we said earlier, we have, to, we have to be open, or choose to be open, to learn more and grow. Just give God a chance. For Christian, what God calls... See, down here, we call that death, or dead. God's challenging us to be open to call it what he calls it, if a person is Christian. Now, we're not denying the fact that we're no longer going to physically see that person walking around. So, it's not weird. But there's a kingdom vocabulary with a meaning. For a Christian, God calls this time of period for the body. Because we already know spirit and soul is going to be with the Lord. God calls this time of period for the body. You know, the one that you may have seen at the front of the service, laid in the classroom. Body called, God calls that part sleep, not death. There's a reason. Now, here's, let's, let's deal with one part of this. Christians don't die? Let's deal with one part of this. This is literal, not figurative. Let's look at John 3, 14-16, New King James Version. And, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, Son of Man is about Jesus, Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish. 
We have to choose whether we're going to believe God at His word or not. But have eternal life. There is this side of eternity for a Christian, and then there's the other side of eternity. It's all eternal life. For God, and this is a scripture a lot of people know, for God's, he, he, this is a connection, he's connecting what he would just say up here. For, as a further explanation, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, which means that by, when it says whoever, that also implies that people aren't going to be a, and whoever. It says whoever. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you receive that? See, having everlasting life isn't just something we put up on the shelf. We have to choose to call it and be what God calls it to be. That's a choice. Now, hey, I'm pastor's not going to walk around shaking up and down saying, call it death. Call. That's your choice. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, it, 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 we're not going to go to debate on that yet. God's just trying to help us grow to call things what he calls it. And this is literal. This is one of the blessed gifts that God has given us for us choosing to choose, for us choosing the decision what other people haven't chosen, which is to receive the Son. That's just one of the blessings that we got eternal life. Yeah. This is what I mean something when we go further down in this series. Because you don't want me. I'm not that. So you want to receive that. Let's go on. Let's look at some more proof text. John 10, 27-29, New King James Version. My sheep is Jesus talking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Why would he say that more than once? Like, couldn't he just, couldn't he just say this? Like, I give them eternal life. Like, couldn't he just pause on this scripture and another one? Like, did he have to bring up the whole not perish? Don't you think he's trying to make it crystal clear? We understand who's the real us is our spirit and our soul. The spirit is the real us. We're going to get to the sleep in a second. But, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone, uh-oh, he said, let me, let me add a little extra something to it. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Now, context, he's talking about eternal life and never perishing. That means this has to equate to the same thing with the opposite. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And, oh, he says again, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That is good news. Yeah, good news. Hallelujah. Yeah. So don't walk around fearing the devil. Again, still sticking with the same thing. What happens when we die or sleep? Now, so we just dealt 
with this two, at least there's two scriptures, but there's, there's more that help us understand that God wants us to have everlasting life. So when people choose to receive Jesus, we hope die. Again, for clarification, we do understand that someone's not walking away, walking around going to the store anymore after that transition. So I'm, this is not weird. We get that. But what are we going to call it? You'll see everything about our being, which is spirit, soul, and body, are alive even through the transition. Our spirit and soul, we just saw, you're going to be with the Lord. And you're going to see in this series, that body is temporarily asleep. So the, all three parts of us are awake or alive. What part of us dies? Luke 8, 55, 51-55. You know, the everlasting life part. Now let's deal with that whole sleeping thing. That sleeping death thing different. When he, or Jesus, when he came into the house, all right, let me, let me get some backdrop. A lot of you may know the uh, the story with the woman of the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alright, so right before that, uh, J.R. was the ruler of the synagogue, approached you saying, hey, can you, can you help? I'm paraphrasing. He said, hey, can you help? His daughter was sick and dying. So Jesus, you know, out of love, started, started walking, started going towards, you know, J.R.'s house. Alright, now, in the meantime, the woman with the issue of blood approached him for a healing. That's just kind of fast forward the story. So, but Jesus had a goal. He was already on his way to Jairus, but her faith, glory to God, her faith made her holy, as the word said. So she was, uh, she reached out in faith, trusted him in his garden, and she was made whole. Glory to God. Again, walk by faith and not by sight. So once that blessing happened with regards to her, Jesus is now still back on his way towards Jairus' house. But as soon as the woman with the issue of blood was made whole, there are these other cats that come and say, hey, whoa, wait, hold up. Your daughter dead. You don't have to bother the master anymore. Jesus says, and this is one of the other series, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't even think about it. He disregarded what everyone else told J.R. He's told specifically J.R. have faith. He's saying, stay focused. She ain't dead. Now, he wasn't refuting what they had heard. What, I mean, what, what the report was, he was saying, stay focused, I got something different for you. Stay focused in your faith. Don't eat that in. Because like we learned last series, when it comes, or the other series, when it comes to words, stuff that don't receive negative deaf words. Alright, so he was like, whoa, don't receive it. I'm paraphrasing. He's like, look, don't have faith. Stay focused. She's not dead. Alright? Now the story picks up. When he came, my Jesus, when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John. And now he's, he's at J.R. himself. And the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept um, and mourned for her. But he said, don't weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Just watch his vernacular. Watch his terminology. 
and they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. Now, Jesus wasn't denying the fact that she wasn't up playing hopscotch. He understood that. But what he was calling was her purpose and her destiny about who she was. He says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. Right now he's dealing with the physical body. He's talking about really all three parts of her, but right now he's talking about that part. Because all they could see was the physical body. Alright? Does that make sense? So all they could see was her physical body, and they were calling it dead. Jesus knew all three parts of her, but he's like, since you read the physical body part, let's call it what it is she's sleeping, she's not dead. But he put them all outside. Here's a pause. You know where I'm going. Look. Beloved. If you, if God puts it on your heart to pray for someone in terms of intercessory prayer, especially if it's, well, I shouldn't say even especially, irrespective of who it is, a family person, a friend, a coworker, if you happen to go to their presence where they are, consider doing what Jesus did. Only Make sure the only people in that room are other people that are going to be of like faith with you. Mm -hmm. Words are, we learned from the other series, words are so powerful. Don't allow anyone in there. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's mom, dad, cousin Pookie. If they ain't in faith about Uncle John, respectfully, mom, dad, love you much. Can you just step out for a second? Yeah. Let's go ahead. And then bring in the ones who got the same, who got faith yeah. that Uncle John is going to be healed. Yeah. Because if not, that those deaf words can get inside a person and then they start having faith for the wrong thing. They start planning their funeral. They start planning. Yeah. 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 Now, they have a choice, and we'll talk about that later on. If that's where if that if they believe is that's that their time, praise the Lord. That's still their choice. Life is still a choice to drive it. But if they got a desire to want to be healed, make sure all the people around there are ones who bring in faith with you. Yeah. Alright, let's continue on. So he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned. Wait. We learned earlier. Absent from the body, meaning when we transition, is present with the Lord. So in this state, this particular state, now Jesus, from a chronological perspective, Jesus hadn't died yet. Alright? You can turn down from that point. So where she went, the real her, actually went to another place, and we'll talk about this later in the series, is a place called Abraham's bosom or paradise. And we'll get to that. But during that time period, because Jesus hadn't died and rose again yet and created what we now call heaven for the saints to come up. But again, we'll deal with that. But this is a point saying that was her body that he was saying was sleeping. Then we see, once he said, little girl arise, her spirit returned. So that's again more proof text that the real us is the spirit. For that body to be alive, to walk again, that tent. It needed the spirit to come back. Yeah. It needed the real her to come back. The spirit returned, 
and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. So, uh, let's, do another, let's do another proof text. All right? Like, right now we talked, we already dealt with the everlasting life part. Now God is just dealing with the sleep. Why, why, is, he, why is he calling his sleep? Right? Why? We understand this. Because we, we see, so Jesus has a different kind of vocabulary. And we should be open up his dictionary. And using his vocabulary. John 11, 11 through 15, New King James Version. So, so I'm backed off here too. Alright, so uh, Jesus was chilling, heard that his friend uh, Lazarus uh, was uh, sick uh, and close to die. Right? So he heard that and then what Jesus says is he going to wait too much. Jesus said, I know that he ain't going to be this sickness is not unto death. So because of that, because he wanted this action to be for God's glory, Jesus told, instead of going to him immediately, the Bible says he waited two more days. Wait, this is the same Jesus that was going around terraces? He wanted people. Jesus said, oh, he's sick. This is going to be for God's glory. All right. God didn't kill him. But just watch what Jesus was trying to get people to understand. It's about faith in God, irrespective of the circumstances. The circumstances were saying he's sick, he's dying. Jesus said, all right, you, you saw some of the stuff that God's done through me. But we, we, we need you to understand that God can do this directly. So their faith will be in God. About what God can do, irrespective of the circumstances. Not that God killed him. God wanted people to know that God can bring people through. Mm -hmm. Alright? Regardless of the circumstance. Bills, whatever. Alright? Now the story picks up. Our friend Lazarus, now these are the disciples. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Now Jesus is referring again to this state of transition where his body was. We commonly call that death or dead. Jesus called it sleeps. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. See, they're thinking that, all right, well, he had the sickness. He's just taking a nap. So, you know, he'll, when he gets up, they're thinking he's doing a natural nap. Like, he's still alive from that perspective. Um, and he's just taking a nap. You know, because he was sick, all right? However, Jesus spoke of his death. Jesus was equating what people call death, sleep. Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep, like taking a nap. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Because they, they weren't getting the concept yet. I'm calling this, what you're calling dead, I'm calling this sleep. And I'm calling it like that for a reason. But since they weren't getting it, he said, alright, well let me, let me bring it, let me bring it to a level that you can understand, so that you understand that I'm talking the same thing you're talking about. So I'll leave sleep alone. So I'll come down to your vocabulary and call it what you call it so that you understand. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that, oh, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. That was all for the glory of God. All right? So we have to understand we got to be open to calling with what Jesus calls it. All right? Let's look at another proof text. There's a couple of scriptures, the proof text of 
we may want to start calling things different. 1 Corinthians 11, 29-31. New King James Version. For he who eats, and it, you may recognize this scripture um, from when we do communion, right? when God says certain parts of it. Um, for he who eats, and this is regarding some of the communion scriptures, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment. This is what we talk about. This is why we say in the communion before we take it, we need to examine ourselves because we don't want to drink it in an unworthy manner. Um, uh, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. You know, come back to that word judgment here in the series as well. Not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you. People that lie walk around, many are weak and sick. And, separately, many sleep. Now, if they was to talk about natural sleep, he could have included them up here. Many are weak and sick and sleep among you. Those who walk around. But no, there was a distinction between those that were, weak, those that were among them and those who were no longer among them. Yeah. Those were the people that were asleep. Yeah. I.e. dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So... We have to. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot that See, God's awesome. Because we want you to understand. Look, we gotta consider calling this part sleep. Again, talk about the talking about the earthly shell. All right. First Thessalonians four thirteen through fourteen, New King James Version. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Some of those. Um, those who transition to be with the Lord, the spirits and souls that are alive and with the Lord, their earthly shell is currently asleep. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. What he's saying here is, if they were Christians, we want you to understand that you don't have to sorrow and be sad at this time of the celebration of life service. Yes, yes, shed tears, don't get me wrong, he's not saying that. He's saying, but don't go so overboard as if you don't understand who this person was. This person is, was a Christian, so they're good. So, yes, cry and, and yes, express those emotions. That's a good thing. But what he says, is, but don't do it to the point where, you, where you've lost hope about the process, about the Lord and who he is. And, and where they're going. For if we believe, for if, that's a choice by people, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God, uh-oh, here's another tip for one of the pieces later, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. We get a little nugget tips here about answering some of those questions about heaven. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So, Thessalonians 4 15, the King James Version. For this we say to you, the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. You see something more? Uh, Alright. Alright. So now, 
So we dealt with the everlasting life part. And God provided a couple of scriptures that help us choose, if we want to, to call the time of transition for those who are Christians, for the body part of us, to be called at sleep. Yes, again, we don't have to go to the fences. I'm just saying it's a choice. We understand this is not God saying the person didn't quote-unquote die. We understand the person's in the coffin. They're not walking around. We understand that. God's choosing to call it one truth. And he's choosing to call it something different than what we call it. Not just for the sake of being different, because but God, he's calling it because God knows the person's not dead. No part of that person is dead. Yes, that person, the, the person's body is in a temporary sleep, but it's temporary for a reason. Right? Now, let's deal with the whole if part. Because remember it said, you know, what happens when uh, parentheses if we die, if we sleep? Let's deal with that whole if thing. Because I thought everybody had that time period. Alright? So let's just deal with the if part. First Thessalonians 4.15. Because there are scriptures that make it plain that people from the, from the natural, the way we call it, die. So let's just deal with the if part. Because I thought that was like, what they say, Joe? Uh, death and taxes. Everything. Let's, 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 deal with, let's deal with that possibility for a second. If. If. Well, what's meant by the if? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and 15, New King James Version. For this we say to you, the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Hmm. That means he distinguished those who are alive and those who are asleep at his coming. We'll get to his coming. That means there might be people who when the Lord comes, or alive and didn't even experience sleep, i.e. death. So what does that mean? Right now we're in 2022. For those of us that are Christians, if the Lord comes in the next two seconds, we as Christians will go, and I get, we'll, God's going to explain the rapture, will go with them, and we are currently alive. That's different, Joie, then my grandfather, who was a Christian, who transitioned about what? Ten about ten years ago. Well, his spirit and soul are currently with the Lord, and his body is sleeping. His earthly shell is sleeping. That's the sleep part. That's grandpa. That's grandpa. Grandpa is. But if Jesus comes in the next two seconds, and we're Christians, we fall in this category. So it's possible... Now we may, just in a natural, not die. Right. Now we may go with him, depending on when he comes, mm -hmm. but which Christians are down here when he comes, we go alive. And not even experience sleep. Right. That's the if. So it's possible, depending on God and Jesus, when Jesus comes back in the rapture, you may not even experience sleep. Isn't God awesome? Yeah. 
First Corinthians 15, 51. You can name version. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Uh-oh. To make it plain, we shall not. Oh, here's the we. See, he's talking about Christians. He's talking to the Christians. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Talk about a little bit before, and we'll get into a little more in this series. When Jesus, and this is, I'll say a little bit about the rapture, we'll get more into it. There's going to be a time when Jesus comes and cracks the sky. The Bible calls it caught up. That's what we commonly call the rapture. The Bible says the dead in Christ, grandpapa and them, who are Christians, who have already transitioned, their body is asleep, and their spirit and souls with them, to the dead in Christ will rise first. What's going to happen is, Grandpa's spirit and soul is currently with Jesus. At that time, here's where the sleep part comes in. His body, the earth suit that's temp currently sleep, will supernaturally merge with his spirit and soul and have the same glorified body that Jesus glorified. had when Jesus rose from the dead. Yes. That's why Hallelujah. the body's asleep. Hallelujah. Because it's going to come and merge again, supernaturally, with the spirit and soul that's already with Jesus when Jesus comes back. Yes. That's why we can say, we don't die. Yes. That body is asleep, I agree with you. We're not going to see him going to the store anymore. Totally agree. Yes. But we should call, we should consider calling it sleep. Why? Because that body ain't staying there forever. That body is going to supernaturally murder when Jesus comes back. It's going to be supernaturally murder with our spirit and soul. Yeah. It said the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah. Then those, it's all part of the rapture process. Then those who are alive, like in the prior scripture, if it happens in two seconds, our spirit, soul, and body will supernaturally merge together and then we'll have a glorified body and go to be with the Lord. That's those of us who are currently alive when Jesus comes. Yeah. That's the rapture. But we'll get into why the rapture comes because after that, we want to come. We yeah. want to go with the rapture because after that, it ain't going to be good to have here on earth. It's going to be great. Again, we got tribulations out here. The Bible says we got tribulations. The great tribulations will happen after that. But we'll, we'll get into that. So, but there is a possibility that when Jesus comes, that those Christians, when he comes, they won't even have to experience what grandpa experienced. It all happened supernaturally all at once. And be alive. Isn't it? Now when you think about, now let's take this back. When you think about why God created mankind. And it got messed up. And he sent his son to redeem us to get us right back to the sole purpose of glorifying him. God still got a plan. Amen. Give God more. to the way God thinks and speaks. Yeah. Guess what? I'm not going to debate with you. Come on. I, if you want to call it death and all that, there's no shade. I'm not, I'm not saying, and you're not worse than a Christian, you're not less than a Christian. No, 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 no. It's not. I'm just trying to be the vessel God has to relay his message about what he calls it. You can choose to call it 
Even Jesus had to make a plan and say, look, I'm talking about death. But he also provided them an opportunity to try to learn and grow and change their speech and their thinking towards sleep. And that's just the, that's just the, the earthly shell part. Because we already heard, saw the scripture that late. When that spirit and soul transition, spirit and soul definitely will die. They, they, they go to be with the Lord immediately. We already saw that scripture. That's the body present with the Lord. So we have to make the choice, or not, to change our speech and our vocabulary to the way God does. He says, choose to elevate. It's a choice. Choose to elevate the way we were thinking and speaking to the way that Christ thinks and speaks. You know, all those times we saw in the scripture where Christ was calling to sleep. As, king, as a kingdom citizen, think and speak kingdom thoughts and speech. Let's look at Philippians 2 and 5, New King James Version. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When you see let in the word, that means there's a choice. You have a role in that, because you can also choose to not let. So choose, if you want, to let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. God talked about this before in one of the other series. I know we hear the scripture unintentionally. I know it's from sincerity. But unintentionally misquoted, or I shouldn't say misquoted, um, rather not given the full context where it says, you know, um, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. The Bible does say that. But the context there, he was talking to those who weren't loving God. The Bible says, let this mind. So we, once we choose to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, let this mind, meaning let the same way Christ thinks and does things, let that be in us. Bible also says we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to, as God rolls out continual ongoing revelation, that aha moment, to say, oh God, this is how you call these things. This is how you think about things. We have an opportunity to say, let me choose to kind of call and do it the way you want to call and do it. I'm going to do that. Good, good thing is my, my kids know as much as I can, I try to call it sleep. If the person was a Christian, we're going to get into those. Amen. Amen. Why? Because, again, when you look at it from that perspective, no part of our three-part being dies. Spirit and soul go to be with the Lord. Our body temporarily sleep, gets supernaturally merged later on. So what part Actually, dies. Amen. Just a thought. Give God glory. Amen. 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 Amen.